You know something? No so for you! Come back one year! Yeah, we both have so much in common. We both love soup. Soup's not a meal! You were supposed to buy me a meal! I'm not stopping you from eating! Go ahead and eat, get anything you want! That's a lot of soup! That's a lot of soup! It looks delicious. What's up, everybody? It is Friday, January 28th. NFL Championship Weekend coming up. This is the Victory Formation Podcast with me, Eric Campbell. House Money Houston over here. That's right. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. We got a huge weekend coming up in sports. Been a pretty crazy week overall. Um, some NFL news and notes from the day today. Well, yesterday, Brandon Brooks for the Eagles retired. Um, one of the better offensive linemen in the league helped the Eagles, you know, capture their Super Bowl, helped the Eagles offensive line finish as one of the best in the league this year. Uh, an overarching sign for a team in a weird spot. Uh, Philadelphia has some really talented young players, uh, especially on the O-line and Jordan Maialata, who is one of the best, if not the most promising uh, upcoming tackle in football. Ton of potential, played awesome this year. But they have Brooks retiring. Lane Johnson's not getting any younger. Kelsey's not getting any younger. They have a question mark at the QB spot and some veterans on the roster that might not be a game for a rebuild. So it's kind of an interesting team and an interesting move from Brooks to retire. That might signal other players hanging it up, calling it quits. And maybe Philly needs to do a a full rebuild or a soft rebuild. Uh, They're just in an odd position right now because they do have young talent. They were a playoff team this year, but they also have guys like Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox on the defense that are aging that probably don't want to be there for a rebuild and in Slay's case, still performing at an extremely high level. So I, I thought it was interesting news coming across. I don't think it's going to kill them for next year. Brooks definitely dipped this year in his production. But um, yeah, it, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I'd love to look at the correlation between when Hall of Fame offensive linemen retire what happens to that team over the next two to three years? Yeah, uh, they still have pieces. That's the weird thing about Philly. They, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, you can defend Jalen Hurts if you want to and say he deserves another season. He doesn't. He's not good enough to, to take that team very far. But in their current roster makeup, if you can't improve off of him, I don't know what you do because he's still pretty cheap to have on the team. If they can't get a Watson, which I think, they totally could with their draft capital this year, or even say a Wilson or a Rogers or one of these veterans that are going around uh, that could be traded. I, I don't know how they improve their team. Their division stinks. So they could win some games, but it's definitely a bummer. I know Brooks is a leader on that team. Everyone loves him. So I, I'm interested to see what direction the franchise moves in the next couple of seasons through the draft. Yeah. That's what I would do. That it, the draft is interesting though. Cause it, if they want to compete next year, they're probably going to draft guys who have lower potential output years down the line, but are pro ready and can compete today. Whereas if you're rebuilding, you can take a shot with three first round picks on a guy that isn't ready to come in and play day one, but down the line could be a huge producer. 
uh, for the team. So it, it, it does affect their strategy, which way they're going to move. If I were the Eagles, I'd package two of those first rounders this year and another draft pick down the road and, and go get to Sean Watson. Cause I think if you add him to that team, even with the O-line without Brooks, um, you can find some weapons on the outside. Gallup's a free agent. I think Lazard's a free agent. So there, there's like middle tier receivers you could bring in that could help with production. So we'll see. I don't really know what direction they're going to move in, but uh, this was kind of the first domino to fall. Yep. We also had Big Ben retiring today. Uh, I think everyone saw that coming. An interesting career for Ben. Uh, two Super Bowl wins. One of the most polarizing players in the history of the NFL. He has off-field stuff. And when I say off-field stuff, I mean a rapist, um, to put it bluntly. He is a pretty flawed person. Uh, he was a great football player. He definitely held the Steelers back this year with his play, but it wasn't like they had anyone else on the roster who could have made it better. But he's going to be a Hall of Famer. His career is going to be celebrated. I think it'd be hilarious if, say, Brady were to retire this year out of nowhere and cuck Big Ben for his retirement and his ceremony. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on Big Ben retiring, stepping away? Honestly, not really. Um, I, I live less than an hour away from Baltimore. Well, grew up at least, so big Ravens fan. I, I, I don't care for Big Ben at all. Um, I guess he, he deserves his respect amongst the stats and shit like that, but not really a fan. Happy to see him go. Yeah, I don't like him either. I, I agree with that. I think he's a pretty shitty person. Um, and I think a lot of the Steelers' dysfunction and issues the last few years have been Ben making it about Ben and not about the team. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Steelers fans are going to hate that because he is beloved. I have family members who are Steelers fans, and they love Big Ben. But confirmed rapist and uh, kind of a piece of shit person. So I'm not too upset to see him go. His level of play was atrocious. Uh, from a football standpoint, it leaves the Steelers in a weird spot where they are a team that's kind of a quarterback away from competing. I, they need to fix their O-line too, and their, their defense, especially their run defense, is really suspect. But I can't doubt Tomlin. If they could get someone in there, a veteran that could come in and play, I don't think there's a lot of enticing rookies in this class. I wouldn't be shocked if they took a chance on Pickett because he played at Pitt. Um and is familiar with the town and, and could come in and play. But I don't think Mason Rudolph or Haskins on the roster currently are the answer. I don't think the Steelers think they're the answer. So interested to see what they do. They're another team like we were talking about uh, the other day with the Packers that just seems to always reload, even when you think they're not going to. Like they lose Le'Veon and A.B. a few years ago, but then they get Juju and Deontay Johnson. Um, Friar Muth this year who's a great young player. They traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. They drafted TJ Watt. So they, they seem to always be able to reload. And uh, I kind of expect them to next year as well. Yeah, they'll be in the mix at least. So, yeah, uh, the Bears hired some random guy to be their head coach, uh, Matt Eberflus, who was the Colts defensive coordinator this season. Weird move. Uh Weird coaching hire. Didn't really expect it. If I'm not mistaken, have they hired a GM yet? Uh, I think they, they, they did. Yeah, it was a guy that was on TV, I think. Okay. Oh, they did. They got Ryan Poles. They did get Ryan Poles. So they did hire their GM first. Um, You know, 
I don't really have any thoughts on it because I don't really know who Matt Eberflus is. The Colts seem to have an all right defense this year, but uh, a weird move going offense to defense. The Bears don't really have a roster that I think can compete anytime soon, so it's probably a rebuild for them. I'm interested to see what they do with Khalil Mack because I think they're in a similar spot where the Raiders were when they traded him to the Bears where they're just kind of wasting him on that roster if they're not going to compete. I don't think they will compete. And uh, interested to see what he does with Justin Fields because you would think they would pair an offensive-minded quarterback development coach with their young quarterback, and they went in the complete opposite direction. So I guess it depends who they bring in as their OC and quarterback's coach. But uh, I feel like the Bears will find a way to fuck up Justin Fields and probably everything because they they tend to do that. So happy to see their continuing down the trend of building a defense with no offense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on brand for uh, who the hell is that guy to hire you yep. at, as your head coach, but yeah, I'm not really, I'm not too worried about it <laughs> to be honest, even as a Packers fan, I don't know about you as a Vikings fan, but I'm not, not worried, worried about, about the Bears at all. I'm more worried about the lions than I am the bears, to be honest. Uh, I, not even worried about the lions. I don't want to put it that way, but like, I think they're in a better spot. The bears have really no talent on offense at all. I don't see one because Allen Robinson's not going to stay there. I don't see one position on their offensive team where I'm like, I'd want that guy on my roster, maybe David Montgomery, but not for the Vikings. Cause, cause we have solid running backs. Um, and their defense was bad this year. Uh, they just weren't very good. They didn't perform very well. Yeah, Matt Nagy exasperated, I think, a ton of their problems on offense, but I don't think Justin Fields is going to be a perennial all-pro type quarterback. He'll be average at best, and the Bears will be the Bears, man. Dude, something you don't even have on on the list. You know that the Broncos hired the Packers offensive coordinator? No, I didn't see that today. Yeah. Interesting. That's not a bad hire for them. I, I was just doing the power rankings uh for the website www.goodsoup.blog check it out and i had the broncos at 22 i believe 23 and just basically said like hey this is a good team and they're kind of a quarterback short and a good offensive scheme away from being a contender in the afc i think they're the leader in the clubhouse for rogers um it's an appeal especially, especially with this now, move yeah huh? especially with this move and i, I didn't even know that and I don't like we said the other day, I don't know if he stays in green Bay past this year with all the roster question marks, but uh, that's huge. Uh, that, that gives Rogers a real possibility. And if they could land him, Denver's a contender in the AFC right away. I think. Thank God, honestly, is a Packer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it like I'm on the fucking team, no, but, but, but honestly, as a Packer, like, thank God, if he goes to the AFC, like, yeah, get I'd him out. much rather have that. I mean, I was joking uh, the other day about, you know, a far situation. Maybe, maybe Rogers goes to Minnesota. That ain't going to happen. Cause one thing I did forget about that is the Packers traded him to the jets and then the jets traded him to the Vikings. There's no way that he's going anywhere in the a NFC North. And I don't really think there's any way they trade him in the NFC uh, regardless. So I, the Broncos seem like a spot where he could succeed and who knows, maybe the Packers could ship out one of those contracts along with them that are eating up cap space for them. But dude, um, admittedly, like, is he, un is it like a, a player option for Rogers? Yeah. Like, like what's up no, with his contract? They'd have to, Oh wait, no, I think they'd have to trade him. Let me, 
Let me check right Bro, now. I feel like he might just be a free agent. Um, no, he signed through next season, and then it looks like a player option in 2023. And then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. Damn. So they have him next year at a $26 million cap hit. Interesting. Yeah, it looks like they backloaded all of his money uh, to the back of his deal. And he's going to he's gonna take on a lot of money next year for the Packers. So that... I mean, if they if they move on from him, it's a full rebuild for sure. But if if he's going to leave anyway, and you could get something back in return, like some kind of young player on a solid contract, I don't think Denver would move from Sertan. But e- even like a Bradley Chubb on the D line, uh, and not just make it about draft picks. I think the Packers they could figure out a quarterback, and maybe Jordan loves that guy. I don't think so, but he could be uh, could figure it out for next season. And also yeah. Rogers might stay and they might bring everyone back. They, they could still figure it out. So it's definitely not a guarantee. It'll be an interesting storyline to follow. For sure. Uh, wrapping up the storylines in football from this week, Dan Quinn's back as the Cowboys defensive coordinator. I think that's huge for them. I think he adds a lot of leadership to go along with Mike McCarthy, uh, who gives off the vibe of a guy who spills chili all over his shirt every time he eats it. So I, I, <laughs> I think having Dan Quinn in that locker room is going to help the Cowboys. Again, he had a great defense this year. That's big for them. Uh, Tyron Matthew practiced today for the Chiefs, which is also huge. When he's on the field, he's a huge difference maker and a leader for that defense. And they're going to need him this weekend against the Bengals, which we'll get to coming up. Yep. Tyron Matthew, good. Uh, Dan Quinn, if I was Dan Quinn, that defense is real easy for me to come back to. Oh, yeah. Especially knowing that Mike McCarthy is going to get all the hate for being shitty. But the defense is going to be fucking phenomenal. So you're just going to look like the good guy for at least what? At least another year? Yeah. And, you know, maybe they start 0-4 next year. McCarthy gets fired. And then if you're looking for interim head coaches, it's going to be Quinn over Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore hasn't been a head coach before. So they'd hire – I mean, they'd – elevate Quinn the head coach that's all speculation like odds are the Cowboys still do pretty well their division's pretty shit but if it were to all go south and McCarthy law loses his job I think Dan Quinn knows that he's kind of the next guy in line for an interim job kind of prove he can be a head coach again um and I thought he did a good job yep. in in Atlanta too I yeah the Super Bowl they blew the 28 to 3 lead we all know that story we all know that kind of fell apart after that but they brought in Arthur Smith, who was a really hot head coaching candidate, and he went what seven and ten this year. So I, I don't think uh, Quinn's going to be long for a coordinator position. I think he'll get another shot as a head coach coming up soon. Yep. Uh, moving on to one basketball storyline. I am a diehard Sixers fan, and here in Philadelphia, it's been a buzz about where's Ben Simmons going to go. How's this trade going to get worked out? Daryl Morey went on ninety-seven-five, the fanatic and talked about how he's going to hold out for a hardened deal. Shrewd strategy, essentially saying to Sacramento or Indiana or Atlanta, the teams that are really interested in Simmons, hey, you got to up your deal because we'll wait for Harden. 
Harden also came out and said he's not super happy in Brooklyn, hinting at he wants to win now. Uh, he doesn't love the property tax in New York. He said he does want to be there with those guys, but I think the Kyrie situation exasperates it. I would do that deal. I know that a lot of people in Philly will give pushback, but I think we all just want anything for Simmons at this point. And the way Embiid's playing, they have to capitalize on current production. He could be the MVP this year. And rolling out Furkan Korkmaz 25 minutes a game can't be the answer. So it's a smart move by Maury. I don't know how realistic a Harden trade is. Uh, I still hold out hope for Bradley Beal if he wants out. But we only have a couple more weeks till the trade deadline. So the chips are going to have to fall. And I can't imagine they keep Simmons on this roster past uh, the deadline in February. Yeah, Simmons has got to go, but James Harden for Ben Simmons? Like, James Harden's fucking sick. Yeah, you're going to have to give them yeah. more. You're going to yeah. have to give them another piece. Um, like Tobias or? Well, the Tobias thing's interesting because Sacramento seems like they're willing to take on Tobias's contract. So if you could work out a three-team deal where maybe Brooklyn gets a piece from Sacramento, we get Harden, Sacramento gets Tobias, there's draft picks involved. That could work. I've seen a lot of uh, an Atlanta three-team deal where Tobias would go to Sacramento, you know, Simmons would go to Atlanta, and then we'd get pieces centered around Alex Collins from Atlanta, but maybe a piece or two from Sacramento from the bench as well. Uh, at this point, I'll take anything. Like I, I know the national media and Maury are more on they They still want to star for Simmons. I think the fan base just wants anything that can help us win for Ben Simmons at this moment. And to be honest, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't trade for Simmons at this point. He doesn't seem like he really wants to play basketball, which is a huge red flag for a guy who needs to improve his game to be an all-time great. And yeah, he's a star player on defense, but he's shown zero willingness to train and improve and work really hard. And he doesn't really seem like he loves basketball. So, you know, a hardened trade, while it's interesting, I don't know how feasible it is, but we got a couple weeks until Ben's likely moved. So I'm excited for that. It's going to be a wild five-day stretch heading up to the deadline with, you know, Ben could go here. He could go here. We saw it last year with Harden where it was like this deal was in place and then Brooklyn came in and took him at the last minute. So uh, Morty will be evaluated for his career on this move for the six for Sixers career on this move. Um, Cause it's either going to bring us a championship with one of the five best players in the league and Joel Embiid, or it's going to set the Sixers back and they're going to be shit out of luck on the outside looking in. Breach. All righty. So that's kind of the week in sports recap. Uh, We are going to move into our championship weekend preview. The first game of the weekend, the AFC championship game. We got the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff time on Sunday. Right now, the lines are jumping all over the place for this game, but everywhere, for the most part, I'm seeing Kansas City minus seven, Kansas City minus seven and a half. Um, Money line right now on FanDuel, Kansas City minus 350, Cincinnati plus 250, and the over-under across the board is 54 and a half. Uh, Your thoughts on the lines for this week? The lines, I mean... Gut pick. I mean, it looks like it's costing you more to put money on Cincy plus seven. Yeah. So yeah. sharps, sharps are definitely liking that. 
I'd probably have to go Cincy in the points too, to be honest. I mean, I know the Chiefs are explosive, but I think this is more of a heart pick. It would also be a slight hedge for me against my Kansas City AFC Championship tickets. Um, but I think I would go Cincy and and the points. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to hop on the opposite end of the spectrum here, brother. I I love Kansas City by a touchdown at least in this game. I think that Cincy might come out like a little hot early, jump up like ten three maybe like 10, nothing. And then I think Kansas city just pours it on him because Kansas city's offense is you saw it with Buffalo last week. They're going to wear you down. You only can cover all their weapons for so long. And if they put 42 up on Buffalo, I feel like they at least have to do that at home to Cincy, a defense that's not nearly as good as the bills. Uh, I, I like Kansas city a lot in this game. The Bengals feel like the, you know, that team of destiny vibe they got here but they're playing in a different league than the Raiders and the Titans. Now they're, they're in Arrowhead playing the chiefs. And we saw what happened to the bills last week as that game came down to the wire. I there's a good chance that it's a close game at the end, but I, I still like the chiefs and kind of a runaway in the second half. Okay. Yeah. But uh money line pick. I don't, I don't really know if it's value to take the chiefs at minus three fifty. I wouldn't, if you're going to take them, you know, and you don't feel confident in the touchdown by by down on the points. Uh, but I don't know your thoughts. Ooh, wait, wait, actually, this could be prime teaser territory. Okay. Like, absolutely. Throw, throw six or seven points on top of that. If you could get that, if you can't, because you can only get four, you're getting plus 11. Or, or, or if you really like the Chiefs that much and you don't want to take seven points, bring it down to like three. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking where you were saying you like Cincy with the points, bringing it down to three, I think is a great call. That's almost a guarantee. Cause I don't, if the chiefs get the ball late in the game, you saw them go down with 13 seconds to kick a field goal, but they're the type of team that's going to punch the ball in the end zone, man. I, again, I, I like even 11 for this game. I, I feel like it's a, uh, 17 14 game at half one way or the other and the chiefs come out and just open it up finish with like a 42 24 type of win but god dude all speculation on that like i don't i it's just what i feel so you know buying down though if you're unsure could it'll definitely be better than taking them on the money line at minus 350 um because you can't really throw stuff in a parlay this weekend there's only two games you you could get the chiefs at Minus one in a t in a two team teaser. That's not bad. Minus one and then like over thirty nine and a half in the NFC Championship game. Ooh, yeah, that's not bad, man. That's I mean, a, that's a that you know what that's spicy. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's spicy. <laughs> like that's a, gamble responsibly, but I just heard free money. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's a pick'em line, and what'd you say, thirty nine and a half? Yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine that game's lower scoring, uh, and we'll get to the the Niners Rams game after this, but you know it it could be a slugfest, but thirty nine and a half is no points, man. That's that's a twenty four twenty three hits by over a touchdown 
Uh, and that's still a pretty low scoring game by modern standards. So yeah, oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it'll be perfect weather, but back to the chiefs game. I mean, yep. what stats are popping off? So popping off the sheet at you it, for the actual matchup. It's tough because the regular season stats, Kansas city was 17th in red zone conversion rate at 59.4%, which was pretty bad. And they turned the ball over a bunch in the red zone. They just weren't converting on chances. They're second in the postseason now at red zone conversion rate. And they've been really good at putting the ball in the end zone. They've scored 40 twice. So if they're going to perform at that level and put the ball in the end zone, then they're going to win this game. Now, the one thing to look at chiefs, regular season 24th and defensive DVOA, they played pretty well against Pittsburgh. Again, we talked about Pittsburgh. They were not a good offense. They did not play well last week uh, against Buffalo. And I don't think Matthew being on the field would have made that much of a difference, but they were eight for 13 last week on third down against Buffalo. We had talked about Buffalo was the number one defense on third down and Kansas city was the number one offense on third down and who would win that battle eight for 13. They, the chiefs won that battle last week since these defense isn't great on third down. So I don't know if they can keep the chiefs off the field or even keep the chiefs from getting to third down since these defense played well last week against Tennessee, they're not a great defense all year. The, these two teams did play each other in week 17. It was in Cincinnati and Cincinnati won on a last second field goal, 34, 31. I don't see that type of game being out of reach this time where both teams score a ton of points. I'm a little nervous for the over at 54 and a half, just cause I don't know if since he's going to score that many points, it, it's kind of comes down to like, when is burrow going to cool off? Is this the game he cools off? Uh, and he was great again last week. It, yeah. I don't know. The over, the over got bet up. It, it opened at 51. Yeah. It, I mean, that's a big swing, man. The Chiefs, they scored 42 against Pittsburgh as well, right? That's back-to-back 42-point games. Um, I think they did. They, they scored 40 in both. And if they score 40 in this game, the over's going to hit. That's just two touchdowns and a field goal from the Bengals. You have to believe they're going to get that. So if you like Kansas City to put up points as they've been doing, then you got to like the over in this game. I, like I said, I like Kansas City by a touchdown or more. I, I just think they're a way better team. I, this is the best football they've played all year, which is really important. It is the best football the Bengals have played all year too. But even going back to, to week 17 when they played, the Chiefs still were figuring things out, it looked like. But in the postseason so far, the offense has clipped on all cylinders. The, the Cincinnati defense isn't great, and their offense really isn't great on third down. During the regular season, they were just 39.6%. That ranks 16th in the league. And last week, they were 7 for 15. So under 50%, still pretty good. They did really good defensively on third down last week. The Titans were just 2 for 11. Uh, they played the Titans, though. And I think the Chiefs are a different monster. You know, I, I really like the Chiefs in this game. I, I, it could bite me because, again, I said I liked the Titans last week when they played the Bengals, and I'm kind of low on the Bengals. But I think the Chiefs take care of this Bengals team pretty easily at home. I mean, if you, if you really like Kansas City, getting them at minus one this is just obvious. But I, I love that. 
Um, yeah. I might have to gamble responsibly, people, but I might have to smash that uh, yeah. with, with some money. Because we'll move on to the second game, which is the Niners and Rams NFC Championship game. That kickoff is at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Shout out to the NFL for all the, the dads and granddads out there setting these times a little bit earlier so that everyone can get to bed on time. Uh, if you have work the next day, 6.40, solid kickoff time. Uh, right now, the line's at minus three and a half for the Rams. That's pretty much across the board. The money line is variable. It does pretty much vary site to site. I ripped FanDuel. Uh, they said that LA is minus 176, San Francisco plus 148, and the over-unders at 45.5 across the board right now. So your initial thoughts on this game, brother. What did you say your over was at? The over-under for this game is 45 and a half. Interesting. What, what do okay. you have it at? No, I see it opened at 47. Yes. So that's an interesting drop-off there. I would say my initial thoughts are Rams, but then, you know, San Francisco has been playing tough recently. I, I heard a stat today. The Rams have lost the last six times mm-hmm. they've played the 49ers. Yep. Oh, my God. It, That's that, three seasons, dude. Three seasons that, straight. They have not beaten them. That just feels like the trend has to fucking break. Yeah, so that's like, always the weird shit with those trends because you see that and you're like, okay, that means the Rams have to win this game and break that trend. At the same time, that's six straight wins. Shanahan clearly has McVay's number on something. Like he knows what McVay's going to do. They coach together, you know, on the staff at Washington. We all know that, but uh, yeah, it. It's going to be a slugfest, I have a feeling, in this one. But then, you, but you also look at the Rams team. I think they're significantly better than any team they've had. So that, that's where, I, where I, I feel more inclined to say the Rams. Yeah. Like, I, no doubt. I, I also am on the Rams in this game. I like the money line because if you're going to get minus three and a half, you know, for the marginal points at money line minus 176, you just take the money line. I, I wouldn't play around with points. I think this game could be decided late, especially by a field goal. Um, a, a testament to the Rams. They're playing their best football as well. Like we said about Cincy and KC, they're playing their best football right now. They were four of 11 on third down last week against Tampa, which was pretty solid. It's under 50%, but their main issue, and it's been the main issue for them all year long, they had four turnovers last week, and Stafford threw 17 picks in the regular season, led the league. He didn't even throw one last week. It was four fumbles. If they do that this week against San Francisco, they're not going to win. San Francisco takes care of the football. Um, they get off the field on third down. Like we said when they played Green Bay, they had four sacks on third down versus Rodgers, which was huge. And they were also four of 11 last week on third down, so – they're really similar teams. I just think San Francisco, while they've been winning or not playing their best football right now, uh, I didn't think they looked great against the Packers. They won that game. But I also didn't think they looked particularly great against the Cowboys, and they won that game. Their defense did, but their offense is suspect. And the Rams' defense has turned a corner now. Uh, I, I really do believe that. They were eighth in, uh, sorry, fifth in defensive DVOA in the regular season, and Taking out last week, they played really well against Arizona, and they played really well for three quarters last week against Tampa. So I'm on the Rams, too. 
I mean, interesting though, sixty-four <clears throat> percent of the money is on San Francisco plus three and a half. And 56, yeah. 56% of the tickets are on San Francisco too. I know. I know. People have bet San Francisco hard all postseason and have been rewarded for it so far. I, It's tough for me. This game is tough. Like I said, I like the Rams in this game. I would not be shocked if San Francisco won this game. I would be shocked if either team won this game by over, you know, seven points. I think this is a really close battle comes down to the final couple possessions of the game in the fourth quarter. And if it comes down to the QB play last week, Garoppolo 11 of 19, 131 and one interception easily could have thrown three interceptions in that game was throwing it in the flat, really dangerous throws under pressure. And the one thing about Jimmy G is if you get pressure on him up the middle, even on the outside and force him to move around, he gets flustered and makes mistakes. And the Rams pass rush is outstanding. They got after Brady all week last week, only had two sacks, but they pressured him on 37% of his dropbacks, which is an absurd number. And, you know, Stafford last week was 28 of 38, 366, two touchdowns, made every play when he needed to make it and didn't make a mistake. So if it comes down to who's going to win you the game, Stafford or Jimmy G, I'm putting my money on Stafford. Yep, yep. 73% of the money is on the over in that game. So that's just making the teaser option that much more enticing. So if you can get it at 39 and a half, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Like I said, a a 24, 23 game seems like prime territory for this or, you know, 24, 21. I think it's a close game. It it could end up being a lower scoring game, but you know, all you would need is both teams to get in the twenties and and you're set for that 39 and a half. So I like that pick. Um, Like I said, I like the Rams in this game, but I'm cautious because this would be the third straight week I'd bet against the 49ers and they burned me twice. So I really don't know. I think I might have to take a Cincinnati money line, San Francisco money line, ju- just for the chaos. Yeah. For the dogs. Um, you know? That is the nightmare scenario for the NFL is if Cincy and San Fran win this game. I, I mean, yeah, people in, in Cincinnati are going to tune in, but Rams chiefs is a lot more public enticing matchup than 49ers Bengals. Yeah, you're definitely uh, hot take alert, hot take alert. You're definitely going to see some calls go for Kansas City and the Rams. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, 100%, dude. The, the fix is going to be in with 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 the refs. There's going to be some blatant calls either missed or called that are just going to be obvious. That's th- that's my prediction. I think it'll be way more visible in this Rams 49ers game because I think it's going to come down to the last couple possessions. I I think the chiefs are going to win by so much that it's really not going to matter, but I don't know. Nick Bose is back for San Francisco. He played great last week and Jimmy G finished the season fourth in EPA per play. So it's not like he's completely ineffective. He, He knows how to make the right read and work within the offense. If they can run the ball a little bit on LA, which the Bucks couldn't last week, but a lot of that was game flow, getting down early, having to throw their way out of it. If they can establish the run, Elijah Mitchell gets some some legs. They could start running some play action stuff to Kittle and Debo. San Francisco could could make a, a really good run in this game. I, again, I'm torn. I like the Rams. I think they're just the better football team, which is why I'm going to take them. But 
as we've seen the last three seasons, the 49ers have their numbers. So this game could really go either way. I agree. I, I, I hope the, I personally hope the Rams win, but man, would I love to just see <laughs> a Niners Bengals Super Bowl? but good stuff. Good stuff, man. So, yeah, I, I mean, so for both of these games, uh, I'm going to take for my, my team picks, I'll take Kansas city and LA. I think, uh, well, let's see what you're on. Cause we've, we've kind of been going back and forth. Yeah, I think that's the the chalk picks are the easy picks this week. But if I had to go spreads, oh damn! I mean, the Rams line is so close. I know, and that's the thing with their money line number. You might as well just take the money line and not sweat the points for the Rams, because I I would not buy up three and a half, and I could definitely see this game ending on a last second Rams field goal, which would not cover. Um. But yeah, I, again, I'm going to go for my game picks, Chiefs and Rams. And I feel pretty good about it this week. Yeah, I think I would, I would have to say the same. Yep. So we're both Chiefs, Rams. For my line, I, I like Kansas City minus seven. I, I really like Kansas City minus six and a half if you want to buy it down. But whether it's seven or seven and a half, wherever the line settles at, I'm going to take it. Um. I, I just think they win by over a touchdown. I don't want to get frisky and, and buy up all the way to like say 12 or 12 and a half, even though I think they probably do win by at least that much. But I, if you can get it at a touchdown, I like it. Yeah. Um, the chiefs, yeah, the chiefs game. I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to go head to head with you, Eric. Yeah, do it. I'm, I'm going to have to take Honestly, the Bengals. Based on and, the last couple weeks, that's a good choice. And honestly, Bengals plus 14, if you wanted to throw that in a teaser, whoo. Yeah, I, I don't, I do I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Because um, the, the Bengals are starting essentially with a 14-point lead. Granted, it could be gone early, but damn, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't expect this to be a first-half blowout. That's really not how the Chiefs play. It's going to be a close game in the first half. And then I just think you saw it last week. If you got to run around and chase Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman and Jarek McKinnon, who's been playing very well, uh, getting the ball in open space, they're going to get tired on the Cincinnati side of the ball, and their strength is their D-line and their linebackers. And I just I don't know how they slow Kansas City down as this game you know, creeps in on the fourth quarter late. Yeah, but it'll be a good game. It, I'm, I'm excited to see what Burrow and Chase can do in the biggest game of their careers yeah. together. So that'll I mean, be fun. Are the Chiefs going to sack Burrow nine times? Can the Bengals figure out what's going on with the offensive line? I don't know. The Chiefs D-line did a good job last week against Allen, but similarly – Burrow is really mobile. So if Burrow can get outside the pocket and make throws downfield and he's got chase and one-on-one coverage, which is probably how the chiefs are going to play him. You know, we forget about Boyd too. Boyd's a really good receiver. Higgins is a really good receiver. Mixon, if he can finally get going on the ground, their running attack's been pretty abysmal, but they could keep it close. But I I just, I think Kansas city is going to score too many points for him. Could see it. 
I could see, especially with they only scored 19 against Tennessee at home. You know, granted, Vrabel is a defensive guy, but 19 is not going to win it in Kansas City. No, it's not. That's, that's a guarantee. And Kansas City is going to come out with their assholes on fire. I, I think after last week, they feel like they're rolling on all cylinders. I mean, we talked about Andy Reid telling Mahomes, if it looks grim, be the grim reaper. It, that gives me goosebumps, man. I, I, Mahomes all game too. Whenever against the Bills, they were cutting to the sideline cam. He was just on the bench staring straight ahead, stone face. Very Brady-esque in that. And I just, it's tough. I, I don't think I can bet against Mahomes. I did it last week and it burned me. And he's just, he's looked so good. He ran the ball for 69 yards last week. If he's running around the edges and getting an open space, it's really tough to stop them. What do you think of the overtime fatigue, though? Like, do you think that carries anything to Sunday? Um, Playing a bruiser into overtime? Like, at least, what do you yeah. think? Do you think, you think the Bengals could catch, like, 10 points early? Like... I think the Bengals can catch 10 points early. I think mostly because of how the chiefs start out on offense. They usually start out a little slow, but I, I mean, the Bengals played a, a bruiser late game decided last week too at Tennessee. They won on a last second field goal and the chiefs only played an extra what minute and a half before they scored that touchdown. So yeah, I think emotional layover could be huge since he is playing for their first Super Bowl berth since 88, I believe. That was the last time they were in the AFC championship game. I just, right. The chiefs have proven time and again, that they're too dangerous offensively. And uh, if you're going to play with fire, trying to stop Mahomes, you're going to get burned. Most of the time. I I don't see how they slow him down. The, The formula would be contain him in the pocket and force him to dink and dunk. But that's what Buffalo tried to do and did it successfully for a couple quarters. And then, all hell broke loose. The Chiefs in the second half, the last two weeks in the playoffs have been absolutely outstanding, making adjustments, coming out, attacking defenses. So I don't know. I, I like this as a runaway for the Chiefs. Okay. And I mean, honestly, even if the the Bengals do get 10 points, get a 10-point lead early, the Chiefs could still win by 14. Yeah, you know, nothing like, with this team. That's I, how scary they are. Yeah. Remember that Texans game was that two, two, three years ago where they were down 24 and three and then just scored all of the points the rest of the game and put it on them in the second half. I I don't know. I don't think this one gets out of hand like that early for Kansas City, but we'll see. I, again, you like you said, Burrow and Chase are game changers. And Everything I said about Kansas City having to cover their weapons, you could say about Cincinnati having to cover their weapons. If they can get Burrow some time to make throws downfield or he can escape and use his legs like Allen did last week, there will be opportunities. But Matthew's coming back. The Chiefs defense can get some pressure on Burrow. Um, I think late in the game, once the offense gets rolling and uh, Cincinnati gets in desperation mode, that's where you're going to see trouble. Which, moving on, to like the other game we were talking about Rams 49ers could be a similar trend. If the Rams can find a way to get up early and force the Niners to throw, they will get pressure on Jimmy G and he will make mistakes. And that's how they win the game. I, the, the formula is they have to come out hot and score. If it's a 10, seven game at half, that's dangerous for LA. The longer you let San Francisco hang around, the tougher it comes to close them out. 
for for sure. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if. I mean, the 49ers are going to go through Debo a lot. How much can that offensive line? How how is Aaron Donald going to be able to stack up against Debo Samuel? That's a big storyline. I don't think Stafford and the Rams should have any jitters. Honestly, you're playing at home. You've played there already, I don't know, nine times this season. So they should feel good. They should come out hot. But I also saw something that was like 45% of the ticket sales for the NFC Championship game are coming from Northern California. Oh, yeah. The 49ers are going to fill that stadium. Yeah. Sure. Is good. That's going to be big. It so. will be big. I Listen, that first game, I'm mean, sorry, the second game they played, which was the last week of the season, the Rams were up 17-3 to in that game, and they still lost. So even if the Rams get out early, the Niners could come back. I just think the Rams are playing their best football of the year right now. And they brought Stafford here to win a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl this year. I think they could do it. I All their chips are pushed to the center with all the moves they made, getting Von Miller midseason, signing Ramsey to the big deal, filling out this roster, uh, Le- Leonard Floyd, other dudes on the defense. I, I see the Rams winning this game. But again, I the 49ers... I bet on the Rams that last week of the season and it bit me in the ass too. Cause the 49ers came back. They scored 14th in the third quarter, tied the game up and never looked back. So uh, I, that was a 27, 24 overtime win for the Niners. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a similar game to that one. And uh, that's why I like the over in that game. Not, not so much at 45 and a half, but like you said, with that teaser, if you can get it at 39 and a half, I'd say lock that in. Placed it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, those are the games this weekend. I'm excited. You know, only two more weeks left of football, really. If you want to count the Pro Bowl, you can. I don't. Eric, but, uh, heads, or, heads or tails? Heads or tails? Ha- have you made a decision yet on your Super Bowl coin toss ooh, prop? Ooh. I'm a tails never fails guy. Personally speaking, um, it's fun to say, and you got a 50-50 shot at getting it right. Uh, I'm a it, creature of habit. Like, if I play roulette, I'm red all the time. So I, I really like that 50-50. You pick one, you stick with it. I, I love tails this year. Minus 120, bro. <laughs> you got to lay the juice. Is it? It's got to be even odds, right? Minus 120 on this book interesting so they're waiting odds so then you should probably take heads because you still got a 50 50 shot just lay everything on tails <laughs> um like yeah <laughs> i i love betting the super bowl looking back patriots super bowl against the rams i believe that was the in, in 2020 technically but 1920 season if i'm not mistaken it could have been 18 19 season can't remember um Great by me to have that stat ready. But I bet Patriots money line put a chunk of change on it because I bet them through the playoffs that whole year. And then I had a parlay with Tom Brady um, over 150 yards and Julian Edelman's Super Bowl MVP. And the Edelman MVP odds were crazy because he was hurt going into that game. And uh, all of that hit. 
And I celebrated like a madman for about a week on that. I, I love the props in the Super Bowl. I have no idea who's going to make it, but if it's Chiefs Rams, as as we're predicting, I would say you probably have to bet Mahomes a Super Bowl MVP because if the Chiefs win, he's going to win that award. Uh, it's kind of a less intriguing year for that because any, I mean, the, the Niners are one of those teams where you could pretty much bet anyone on their roster and it could happen. But uh, that's really about it where you're going to have fun odds on an MVP based on the team you pick. Yeah. Um, last question for this week. If you could give me like your exact score prediction for both games, because I want to see what your uh, like final scores and, and, and like how they match up against uh, team totals. Yeah. Um, I'll go Niners Rams first. I'm going to go 24, okay. 20 LA over San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. The Rams are currently at 24 and a half to 25 and a half. Yep. Depending on what you could get. And the Niners are 21 and a half. Nice. So I'm, <laughs> I'm literally right, right there. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's that type of game. It could also be like a 27, 23. I think a four point difference between the two teams is, is a pretty solid bet, but yeah, I like 24, 20 for that game. And for the chiefs game. Hmm. Gotta think, gotta think. I like, I like 35 to 24 for the Chiefs. Um, okay. I was flirting between 35-24 and 42-24, but I, I don't think there's any way that they score 43 weeks in a row in the playoffs. That just seems kind of unreasonable. And I think, again, this is a type of game where they're probably up 35-17, and that last touchdown by the Bengals is a late game, drive it down the field, fail an onside kick, and Chiefs get it and kneel it out. So I like 35-24 for that game. Cool. Uh, Kansas City, they're at 31 and a half. And uh, the Bengals are at 23 and a half. So I, I'd you, say smash that Kansas City over for points. Because yeah. I, I, I see them just scoring. Because they've scored all year and they've scored all postseason. Or not all year, but they've scored the last eight weeks they've played. So, And the last time these two teams played, it was 34-31 in a lower leverage situation in Cincinnati. So... Um, I like that. I like the over on that 31 and a half. Yeah. I think you can definitely probably look at the Mahomes over rushing total. If it's under 30 yards, doubt it will be, it'll probably be in the, in the thirties, mid thirties. So that'd be interesting. You might be sweating that one out. Um, the over passing yards, maybe like the Tyreek Hill over receiving yards. I'd probably like that too. What's the what's the over on his his yards? I don't think the props are out yet. Oh, okay. So um, it's it's tough, but um, I I I, I could see him have it over a hundred. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. I I would say stay away from Kelsey props just because Logan Wilson is pretty good in coverage against tight ends. I'm not saying Logan Wilson's gonna lock up Kelsey all game. I think he could do an okay job uh, covering Kelsey if they put a linebacker on him. Um, he's pretty good in coverage. He had five interceptions counting playoffs this season and had the late game pick. 
last week uh, on the Eli Apple tip. I, I will say this. What I need if the Chiefs win is Andy Reid eating, eating Skyline Chili just right after the game. Instead of champagne, just bathe Andy Reid in Skyline Chili and lather him up. Fuck yeah. I, I, like weird coach matchup too. I, Zach Taylor, you could tell me that he was a Madden generated coach didn't actually exist. And I'd believe it. I know nothing about Zach Taylor. I don't, I, he's another guy like we were talking about Matt Eberflus, the bears head coach. Now, like who the fuck is Zach Taylor? And he made an AFC championship game. People before the season were talking about, ah, oh, the Bengals, Zach Taylor, they're going to fire him and bring in another guy. He got himself a fat payday. He's going to get an extension. He's going to be there a while. Um, Bengals don't like to fire coaches, but it's the other game is the all-time McVeigh or Shanahan, like the big coach matchup. In the Chiefs game, it's the cheeseburger walrus Andy Reid versus uh, the Madden-generated coach, Zach Taylor. Yeah, and I mean, you definitely give the nod to, to Patty Mahomes on that one. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like Burrow a lot. I think he's great, but you know, it, Mahomes, he, you could say he outdueled Allen last week. And, you know, I'm not going to disagree. I, I think Allen probably had a slightly better game, but like that doesn't say anything because Mahomes was still all time performance in a division around playoff game last week. So team with Mahomes usually wins, man. There's a reason that they've made two straight Super Bowls and they're in their third straight AFC championship game at home. Yeah. Like, fucking wild. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited. I think these, like I said, the KC game could get out of hand. I think the Rams-Niners game could be an all-timer NFC championship. And we've seen a bunch of those over the years um, that the Niners have been involved in, at least. They played the Packers in that close game. They had those matchups with the Seahawks in the playoffs with Crabtree and Richard Sherman that were just electric. Um, there was the Kaepernick game. I think that was against the Packers, too, where he ran for like 170 yards. Uh, it, the, the Niners, they, they tend to play pretty legendary performances in the NFC championship just over the course of their history. So I, I think we're in for a really good game there. Yeah, dude. Honestly, let me, let me see what it would be. Uh, cause a Bengals 49ers parlay comes out to plus eight forty. Now, if you're not really believing in the Bengals as much, but you're like, all right, let's ride the underdog. Let's ride the 49ers money line. It's that not... comes out. Oh, my bad. Keep... No, that comes out to plus 230 or plus 240. So I, that's still I... not bad. I, I think this week it's you're limited in what you can parlay in to get extra money on a low leverage bet. Uh, I personally am probably just going to throw a good bit of cash on Kansas city minus seven. And I think just for fun sake, I might take both overs. I, I really like that teaser you threw out there uh, with the Kansas city minus one over under in the Rams game at 39 and a half. That, that sounds like a really, really tasty bet to me. Yep. I agree. I already placed it. I'm behind that. So Hell yeah, that's what I'm going to ride with. I, I like that. I think you're safe there. I, I Like I said, my bet of the week is going to be Kansas City minus seven or seven and a half, wherever that line lands. Um, it sounds like your bet of the week is the teaser, which yes, sir. I, I probably have more confidence in than my bet, to be honest. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> but 
it's going to be a wild, wild recap on Monday because we, we think we know what's going to happen, but I thought I knew what was going to happen headed into last week and I was wrong on every single game. So if the Bengals find a way to win, all hell's going to break loose in Cincinnati and it's just going to be a fun vibe, man. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I will say, I think we missed an all-time opportunity with a Buffalo Cincinnati AFC championship game because two fan bases that the bills jump through flaming tables and the Bengals are the drunkest fan base, according to uh, multiple sources of any NFL team. I don't know how you calculate that stat, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, that would have been all time. I still think Kansas city is up there too. So it's, it's going to be wild, man. It will be. Um, Chiefs Rams. That, that's that's my Super Bowl prediction. I don't know what the line is for that, but yeah, I mean, I'll take you, I'll take Chiefs yeah. Rams too. I'm I'm in with you on that one. I, I like give me, that. Give and me that, that would matchup. be great for your future, man. He's we got Finney over here with a Chiefs Super Bowl champ future, correct? Two, two AFC Championship futures. So okay. Well, I. Like Fingers that. crossed I will be cashing those next week, this Sunday. So Hopefully you don't have to sweat it out. I don't think you're going to have to. But uh, looking like a tasty slate of games, even though it's just two this weekend. And it's, like I said, our second to last week of football. So I'm not going to get sad yet, but that'll set in at about halftime of the Super Bowl when uh, our buddy Durham for our fantasy league, shout out Durham, is going to be eating a meat mountain from Arby's at half. Uh, and we'll be eating some chili and some wings. It's going to be a time. Um, we're going to have to get you zoomed in for that, Finn. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been the Victory Formation podcast presented by Good Soup. Uh, we're going to have a little twofer for you today, releasing our preview podcast and our um, recap podcast from last week. The website, www.goodsoup.blog, is going to launch in the upcoming days. So keep an eye out for that on our YouTube channel, uh, on Instagram, on TikTok. We've worked really, really hard on this, and I'm really excited to bring it to everyone. So we'll have tons of football content on there. I got a power rankings right up uh, and working on a Big Ben retirement piece right now. So keep an eye out. Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy some football this weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Peace. Peace. I keep that thing on me. God damn it, Bobby. They see me selling propane, and now they trying to copy. Pretend to be broke, but I got hella cash. If you use charcoal, I'ma kick your ass Made this money from propane, bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement Made this money from propane, bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement That's my purse, I don't know you If you running up, then I pull out this 32 Bitchy's big, Bobby spittin' heat in the stew I got rats on rats, and you ain't got a clue God damn it, Bobby Shut the fuck up 
When I'm on the block, bitch, I'm fucking shit up, man, goddamn. Bitch, I'm pulling out, painting clouds on my walls. Better go kick my dad in the balls. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Oh man, goddamn. Bobby, I know you were capping the whole time, boy. I know you get no bitches and no hoes and no paper, no bands, boy. All you do is sit in the fucking basement all day and play World of Warcraft with your bitch ass, jerking off to hentai all day with your ugly ass, man. Bobby, you need to go get a fucking job or something, man. I'm about to kick you out of the house.